Welcome to the Authentic and Unapologetic Podcast. My name is Chloe Taylor, and I created this podcast to inspire you to live a life empowered and standing tall in your own authenticity. Because when you do this, you give everyone around you the courage and the strength to do the same. So get cozy and join me as I share my journey and guide you to living your best, most authentic life unapologetically. friends and welcome back to the channel or the podcast depending on where you're listening today there will be a link to the podcast or the video depending on where you are now uh today's topic is a little bit heavy and this is the second time I'm recording it because the last time I feel like my thoughts were just chaotic and all over the place so second time is the charm and we're going to try not to get emotional this time okay so what is a dark night of the soul let's just jump right in uh, I feel like Eckhart Tolle really, or Tolle, excuse me, really has a great way of explaining this. And he says, a dark night of the soul is best described as a collapse of a perceived meaning of life. So it is like where your life just kind of collapses in on itself or your thought process, like the way that you have lived your life up to a point no longer makes sense to you anymore. Everything that you're aspiring towards starts to feel ridiculous and a lot of people also describe a dark night of the soul as seeing outside of the matrix that we are in. If you, my lovely basic witches, uh, have ever seen the Matrix movies, I feel like there's something there for those. Like there's something to be said. I'm not trying to say that that's how the world is, that we're all like computer code like that. And, you know, but we really don't know. We could wake up dreaming somewhere. We really don't know. And the Matrix in my experience, is when you just kind of get a glimpse of how much the social constructs and like the constructs that we have built societies on don't make sense. And I feel like a lot of us kind of already know a little bit, but it's bigger than that. A dark night of the soul isn't just like, oh, this doesn't make sense or that doesn't make sense. It's like, Life literally feels meaningless. There is actually an exercise in A Course in Miracles, I believe is what it's called, where you walk around a room and like pick up things and it's like, oh, this vase is meaningless. This candlestick is meaningless. This flower is meaningless. And that's kind of what a dark night of the soul feels like. You're just kind of walking around through life feeling like you can't feel anything. It usually comes about like something usually triggers it. You don't usually just wake up and fall into this. And to me, it is one of the hardest and most fulfilling at the same time experiences I've ever gone through. Now, I do want to put a disclaimer on this video and say, number one, I'm not a professional. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a psychiatrist. And the things that I talk about today, like don't ever use me in place of that. Number two... Uh, if things like, I just feel like I need to put a trigger warning here for mental health in general. If like you, if you are uncomfortable hearing things about mental health from just like a person's personal experience, then this is not the video for you. Please go ahead and see yourself out and I'll see you next week or later this week, depending on when this one goes up. And yeah, so I just wanted to put both of those in the front. And I guess the last thing is, is I can only give you what I've experienced. I don't think that this video is going to help every single person on the planet. I think that's true of all of my content. I can only help people I feel like that either are open to understanding or 
have gone through something similar so they understand. Like, I, this is not going to be for everyone. And I can only tell you what I have experienced and how I have done things. Not every two, not every two realities or experiences are going to be the same. In fact, everybody's reality is different based on their upbringing, their experiences, what they've learned, what they know and what like, you know, so that's what I'm saying. Anyways, let us go ahead and actually talk about what I consider to be my dark night of the soul. My dark night of the soul. Oh, I'm not going to get emotional about this. I told myself I was not going to sit here and cry about it. (laughs) I would say that my dark night of the soul really began in 2017, 2018, and 2019. Like I had like a three year thing and some people's dark night of the souls are longer. Some are shorter. It just really depends. I feel like for the dark night of the soul, you really have to come to a new understanding of your life. It is meant, in my personal opinion, to raise your consciousness. It is meant for you to experience this thing so that you can come out better on the other end and you can have a new perception of life that is in alignment with you and in higher alignment with like, I guess you could say ascension and the ascension process. So I do believe that I am a light worker. I am someone that my divine purpose is to shed light on the world and help people that are not necessarily ascending or raising their vibration or their consciousness. It is my job to help those people. So this is why I make content like this and going through my dark night of the soul. Oh my God, it was awful. (laughs) I don't think anybody who has been through their dark night of the soul is like, Oh yeah, this was a total cakewalk. I just surrendered and it was all good. No, it was not all good. So first and foremost, my body physically was just acting out in general. Uh, I went undiagnosed for almost a year and a half with a uh, gallstones in my gallbladder. And my gallbladder eventually did get removed, but nobody could diagnose it. I would have these crazy attacks, which if you've ever had a gallstone attack, like, you know, some people describe them as worse than labor pain. I've never had children, so I can't tell you if it's worse. Uh, I literally thought I was dying, though. Every time it would happen, I thought I was dying because nobody could tell me what was wrong. And it was scary. I lived for a year and a half like that. Just every time these attacks would come on, I would feel like I was dying. And it was terrifying. And then in 2017, uh, out of nowhere, my sister died. And my sister is about four years older than me. And just very suddenly, it was an accident, she's died. And I couldn't be with my family to grieve. I couldn't, you know, I feel like when I finally arrived, like for the funeral, everybody had kind of already processed a lot of things. And I don't blame anyone. You can't put your grief on hold. Like, you can't. You can't put your grief on hold. Everybody grieves how they need to. And I'm not here to put shame and blame on other people. But I actually ended up having to have emergency surgery to get this gallbladder out right after the passing of my sister. Like three days later, I was hospitalized because I got pancreatitis. And that's where if it goes untreated, your pancreas can burst. So it's awful. It's the most painful thing I've ever experienced physically. And I've been through a lot in my life. I am handicapped. I've had multiple surgeries on my hips and on my knee from childbirth. And this was the most painful experience of my life. And... I just remember, I don't even think I knew how to feel. Like, 
I would be in the hospital and I would just like, I was not okay. I didn't feel like myself. I felt like a shell of myself. And cause I was in the hospital with this gallbladder pancreatitis stuff for like four or five days because they couldn't operate and take my gallbladder out until the inflammation of my pancreas went down. Like it was this whole thing. Mind you, my family is grieving, trying to get funeral arrangements made. And I'm just laying in a hospital bed, drugged out of my mind because I'm in so much pain. It was not it. It was not it. This was to me kind of like the start of everything where shit really got serious. And I remember after the funeral coming home and I just wanted normalcy. I just wanted my life to have some kind of meaning and for it to be normal. So I tried to make myself work. If you didn't know, I have a career in the gaming industry. I've gamed on YouTube for like seven years. I have a channel that has almost 200,000 subs on it. That's what I've done for a living for a really long time. And I would stream and make videos and I just didn't, it didn't feel right. I don't even know how to explain that kind of feeling. Like it was grief, but it was more than grief. Like I felt grief before people in my life have died before. Like it was like grief on steroids. Like I was sad, but I wasn't really like, I was very, I feel like I accepted the death of my sister very quickly. Like I felt like I moved to a stage of acceptance very quickly. And I don't feel like I really felt so, so, so saddened by her death. It just brought up a lot of questions in me of like, if I passed away tomorrow unexpectedly, is this what I would want to be doing? Is being in the gaming industry known for the Sims, is that really what I want to dedicate my life to? And it just, so it was like the grief, but then all, everything in my life just started to unravel. And I think a lot of times other people's death can bring this out in us where we just question the meaning of life in general. But it was like everything in my life just started to squeeze until nothing could be squozen, if that's even a word, anymore. Like, I feel like, here's the thing, your spirit team never wants you to suffer. They don't. They want life to be easy for you. But if you're not learning and you're not changing or adapting or you have a higher calling that is meant for you and you're not moving towards that higher calling, they will make it impossible for you to keep going in the direction that you're going. And I feel like that's kind of what had to happen was my career just slowly depleted. I felt like there was a time period, like when everything happened, when like I had surgery, my sister passed, I was at the height of my career. Like I had just gotten partnered on Twitch recently. My channel had just like blown up. I felt like I'd also been on a couple of branded trips. Like I, at some point got to go to like London and on this like huge cross the country thing with electronic arts, um, I also got to go to their headquarters in San Francisco. Like my career had truly like taken off in my opinion. When all of this was happening, I should have been on top of the world. And I think that's like, that to me is the biggest indicator over everything else is I, even with all of these contributing factors outside of the grief and the pain of surgery, I should have been on top of the world. My career was at the height it had probably ever been at. I had achieved every single goal I had set out to do. 
but I was miserable. Like I remember coming home from that funeral and every day I have a tree in my front yard and I'm actually looking at it right now because I can see it from this window too. Um, I have a tree in my front yard and my sister passed away in the autumn time. And I remember opening the curtains every day. And my favorite time of the year is autumn. If you don't know this about me, I'd be surprised if you've been here a long time. I would open these curtains every single day to like feel something. And I would look at this tree that was changing and so beautiful and I couldn't feel a fucking thing. And I would just cry. Like, obviously I was feeling something, but I would just cry every single morning. And I just, I wanted to feel something. I wanted anything to change. I wanted to be told a direction. I wanted to be told what to do. I wanted someone to come in and just tell me, here's your schedule for the day. If you do this, you're going to feel better. I wanted someone to fix it for me. That never happened. <laughs> and it got to a point where the next year, my husband would come home from work and I would be under this desk. You can't see the desk because you're on top of it. But I would be under this desk in fetal position, sobbing. Just, I don't know what's wrong with me. Everything aside from these things feels, should be feeling amazing. I should be feeling so good about this, 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 and this. I feel terrible. Why do I feel terrible? And eventually I did seek therapy. I did go on medication for depression, anxiety, um, I took medication for a few months and it did help. I fully condone. I know a lot of people may not agree with this in the healing sphere, but I fully condone if you need medication. Like, I don't think that you shouldn't take it. I feel like antidepressants actually really did help me and I don't take them anymore, nor do I take anxiety medication except in like really severe, like attack moments, which is very rare. Um, I don't take medication anymore, but I do feel like those antidepressants actually helped me to come out of that depressive state. And I also think it was a lot of mindset shifts that took place too, which we'll get into, but I feel like <sighs> everything just felt wrong. <laughs> and I laugh because it's uncomfortable, not because it's funny, but the fall of the following year, I remember I had tried to still like make content. I tried to kind of find that normalcy and it wasn't coming. And I remember sitting down with my tarot cards. Now this year in 2018, I had gotten really into spirituality. I already knew how to read tarot cards. I've been reading tarot cards since I was like 13 years old. Um, I also know a lot about tropical astrology because I've also studied astrology since I was 13 years old. And so I was kind of already like in line with like, my spirit guides. I was kind of finding this new spirituality throughout 2018 though. I started reading my tarot cards every day, practicing learning tarot even more than I had before. And, um, I'd started cleansing. I like to keep Yerba Santa, lavender. Um, I try my best to grow my own sage if I'm ever going to use it and make sure that I give the utmost gratitude and thanks to the plant itself because, Frankly, there's a lot. We're not going to go into that today, but like sage is endangered and it also is very cultural and we need to appreciate it. But uh, I like kind of started doing more things like that for myself, meditating a little bit more, but nothing was working like career wise. Nothing was working. And I have to tell you. <laughs> In tropical astrology, as a sun and moon in the sixth house, I derive so much of my self-worth 
from what I can accomplish, from what I can put into the world. My self-worth is very linked to the work that I do. And I don't know if that will ever change. It's something that I definitely feel like I maybe need a little separation from, and I'm just not there yet. But I derive a lot of my self-worth from what I can produce and what I can help the world with. So the sixth house, by the way, if you're unfamiliar, is the house of Virgo. So uh, as a a sun and moon in the sixth, I feel like that's a huge part of my life and dedication is like health and service to others. So... I just remember nothing in my career was working. Like I would try these new things. I would create new things. I would do more for the community. I would pour hours and hours and hours and hours into studying the algorithm, into studying other channels, trying to figure out why, why certain channels were blowing up and I was not getting the numbers that I felt like I should have been. And why wasn't it working if I, and I would find like little pockets of inspiration, but nothing was taking off the same way. And I feel like this is something that we really do need to have a conversation about. And that is that your spirit team, like I said, they don't want your life to be difficult. But if something isn't in alignment with you anymore, they will make it harder and harder and harder for you to do it. So I firmly believe at this time, I'm not meant to spend my time in gaming. I'm kind of giving myself until the end of this year to really make a concrete decision because I don't know. I'm also a Gemini moon. Like, girl, she's all over the place. Sometimes I'm like, yeah, I'm really feeling this. And then I'm like, oh, but I really miss gaming. Maybe I should do that for a little bit. I'm kind of all over the place. And I don't like to close myself off from things. But I've kind of decided that I'm giving myself until the end of 2020 to really make a concrete decision. And with my career in gaming, it just... Like my views were down, money had tanked. And mind you, I don't do everything for money or for views ever, ever, especially in the gaming realm or here, especially here. But when you actually pay attention to the analytics, it matters. Like you need to see what your audience is enjoying so you can kind of know what to produce. And it just wasn't working. I felt like YouTube wasn't really showing my work to anyone. I felt like in a lot of ways I had been shadow banned. Um, And the videos that actually did pretty well were videos I didn't like making. They were very clickbaity, very um, news rumor mill, that kind of stuff for the game The Sims. And just not fun, not the kind of stuff I wanted to put in the world and spend my time doing. Not that there's anything wrong with that. A lot of people make videos like that. I think they're great. If they're passionate about it, that's important. But it's just something I wasn't very passionate about. And so like for about two years, I was just like, oh my God, like spirit guides, I don't know what to do. I don't know why this isn't working. I don't know, like, will you just open a new door for me? Because I'm tired of trying to push and push and push and push and push and it's not working. Nothing is working. And I am somebody that I'm highly self-motivated. I can make almost anything work for me. And if I don't have the skills, I have the drive to learn the skill. I don't know if everybody's like that, but I'm just highly self-motivated. I will teach myself anything, no matter how tedious it is, if I think it's going to help me further what I'm doing. And nothing was working. No matter how much I studied analytics, the algorithm, no matter how much I upped my thumbnail game and got better at photo editing, no matter how many clickbait titles I used, no matter how much I scripted or didn't script my videos, nothing was working. 
And I was like, look, it's okay if this isn't the path for me, but you need to show me another one then because I will not go back to call centers. I will not go back to a call center job. I don't think that I'm meant for that. I think that I, and not that I need to be like a special snowflake, but I just believe that I do have a divine purpose to be here. And I do think a lot of people at this time on this planet feel that way, but I know not everybody feels that way, but I definitely feel like I have a divine purpose. And initially I thought that was just entertaining people and bringing people joy, but now I'm starting to understand that that's not really the case. So mind you, things are getting better. I'm not as sad. Life is starting to make a little bit more sense, but my career isn't making sense. And I feel like I am going to talk a lot about the career because I derive so much of my self-worth from my career. So I just can't understand it. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. I don't want to go back to a nine to five. I have to make something else work. And I also want to talk a little bit about books. I don't talk about books a ton, a ton on this channel because I feel like some books people will really resonate with and some people will not. And I can't tell you what book is going to hit for you and which one isn't. I can only tell you what's worked for me. So during this time, I did have a lot of mindset shifts. I had a lot of like... You know, I used to live in the world and there's nothing wrong with this. If this is how you are, it just doesn't serve me. So please know that. But I used to live in the world and think that all I needed was like my family's approval, a fancy car, a fancy house. I needed to have the 2.5 kids, travel a couple times a year, and then I would make it. Then people would respect me. Then I could, you know, I wanted like the American dream. Now, if you asked me what I wanted, oh my God, it's astronomically different. <laughs> I would much rather travel the world, live everywhere, do have all of the cultural experiences, immerse myself in the study of other people, immerse myself in the study of astrology, the cosmos, the old ways of living. I have such a different take on the world than I had then. I love studying psychology with people as well. I think honestly, in another life, I think I could have gone down a psychologist path, but I just love psychology. I think it's so fascinating how the mind works, but I had to come to terms with that, that this idea and the things that I used to think mattered so much didn't matter. Like that fancy handbag doesn't matter. If, and I talked about this in a recent video, if a family member has a problem with you, doesn't matter. Um, I mean, obviously if you did something wrong, make it better. But if you didn't, like it says way more about them than it ever will about you. And I had to come to terms and I guess just kind of learn over time. And this is where the books come in because I think that books really helped me. But over time, I had to just learn that everybody really is walking in their own perception of their own reality. Every person on this planet is the way that they are, thinks the way that they think, does the things that they do because of the experiences that they've had. And I come from a family that I'm constantly told when you're older, you'll think differently. When think about yourself at this age and where you are now, what do you think of that version of you? And I'm constantly, I was constantly belittled and just told that, oh, I would think like them someday. And I feel like that was kind of a big part of it was I was like, I guess like I just kind of have to follow suit and I like need to have that dream and that reality is going to become mine. And 
I'm here to tell you that I'm so sorry if you've had that experience in your life, but you don't have to follow suit. And I actually think if I hadn't gone through this experience and realized how meaningless everything is, how the cars are meaningless, how the status is meaningless, diamonds are meaningless. If I hadn't gone through this experience of realizing how meaningless everything was and how we as a people give it meaning, I don't, I think I probably would have continued down that path. And again, I don't want to sit here and say that it's so wrong. I'm not, it's just not the path that was for me. And I think so often without these experiences of questioning your entire reality, you will blindly and absentmindedly just follow the footsteps that are in front of you. And what a way to not live. What a way to not experience life on your own terms. And I feel like my dark night of the soul, that was what really was being highlighted, was following life on somebody else's terms. And how I didn't need to do that, regardless of, of how much was pushed at me and shoved at me. It didn't have, I don't have to go that way. And living my life isn't about proving those people wrong. It's not about being like, huh, you thought, but I'm over here doing this thing. I mean, my ego might say that sometimes, but my entire life is not based off of proving those people wrong. It's based off of living in the moment and having, again, experiences that I feel like define who I am, the experiences that I collect and changing my perception over and over and over and over and over. And I don't think I ever would have broken out of the matrix without that experience. I would have just followed suit and I'm not a sheep. <laughs> so I hope I'm making sense. I feel like I'm all over the place, but I want to talk about some of the books that I feel like really helped me. A couple of these books, I know a lot of people don't like them. It's okay. Again, I can only tell you the books that helped me. If they're not for you, they're not for you. That's all right. The first two books I want to talk about are ones that I think a lot of people will really like. Um, and that is You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero, How to Stop Doubting Your Greatness and Start Living an Awesome Life. This book spins reality on its head and it's funny. She's hilarious. I talk about this book all the time. It's, it's phenomenal. If there is one book that actually, the second book that I have to show you, I feel like is really the one that helped me, but this one's just lighthearted. It's funny and it will make you think differently. It will make, it will like there's, I don't think that this book cannot change your perception unless you already have a perception like this. It just, it just like, it's just so good. It's so good. And it's hilarious. It's a great, it's a great read. If you, if you need some joy, uh, the second book, this is light is the new black by Rebecca Campbell, a guide to answering your soul's calling and working your light. This book I read in the thick of my dark night of the soul. And I feel like it, like I cried so many times reading this book, not because it's hard to read, but there were just so many truths. There were so many things that I was like, oh my gosh, it's so true. Like, let's read a bit. Uh, page 125, shake it off. It's easy to get stuck in the trap of doing something, something just because you're good at it, or just because you've spent a lot of time being good at it and are afraid of letting it go. The more capable you are at doing things, the harder it is to differentiate your natural gifts from the ones that you've learned or forced yourself to be good at, especially if your motivation is approval. It's literally everything I'm sitting here talking about. Like this whole book just... 
And it's a very easy read. Like some of the pages are just very like short, I guess you could say. Some of them are long, but there's like, oh, like there's a lot where there's like poems or some people don't like the way this book is written. I love it. I think it's such a fantastic read. It changed my mind on a lot of things. And this was the book that I feel like actually woke me up. <laughs> like a lot of things came after that to continue my education. But this was the book that I was like, oh, I don't have to do this thing if I don't, if I'm not in alignment with it. I can change what I do. It was just mind blowing. Uh, now, the other two books I want to talk about, I feel like are books that I've heard a lot of hate about these books. Um, again, I don't feel this is another conversation for another time. I feel like you can, and I'm going out here on a limb. I feel like they're in some cases, not everyone. Sometimes you can take the good from things and delete the rest. Like if there's something in here that you really don't agree with, that's okay. Your prerogative don't read it. But I feel like sometimes like there's value in some of it. Like, I know a lot of people feel that way about like Teal Swan. A lot of people don't like her. And I don't agree with everything she says. There are a lot of things I find issue with, but there's a lot of things I do agree with. And I'm like, wow, thank you for changing my perspective on that. So I don't know. I just feel like we don't need to be so hard on everyone all the time. But um, <clears throat> so this one, Louise Hay, You Can Heal Your Life, international bestseller, sold over 50 million copies. This book I also read in the thick of my dark night of the soul, and I feel like it really helped me. It helped me understand more of myself. It helped me find more meaning in my life, and it just changed my perspective. And I do feel like to a degree, you could say that this book condones toxic positivity, but it really doesn't because she also doesn't like say don't go through the wounding and go through the healing first and just go to this level I don't know. I could see where people would take this book the wrong way, but I feel like it was just, and I, there's like, I, the bleh, Mercury retrograde. Yeah. I feel like I read this book during the thick of my dark night of the soul. It really helped me. Um, it helped me work through a lot of my own misconceptions and really come out the other side with just a better understanding of myself. And I think that's the important part. So love this book. Um, I love this book so much. I even purchased it for a friend. I don't know if she ever read it, but such a phenomenal read. And lastly, I understand why this book gets a lot of flack and I agree with the flack that it receives and why, but I felt like the information at the time that I read it was so good for me. Uh, it led me down my spirituality path. So this is Witch, Unleashed, Untamed, and Unapologetic by Lisa Lister. Most people's biggest problem with this book is that she directs it at women. And I feel like there is something to be said that trans women are women. And I feel like she definitely wrote this book, not keeping that in mind. So I could see why this book gets a lot of flack. I don't agree with that ideology. I do believe trans women are women. However, I feel like in terms of witchcraft, this book actually taught me so much about what witchcraft actually is and how we shouldn't demonize it in any culture and we shouldn't demonize it anywhere in the world because frankly, it's one of, to me, the most like peacefully aligned paths for a lot of people. And most religion, modern day religion, 
takes pieces of witchcraft and makes it their own. Uh, witchcraft was here first. So uh, fantastic reads. I read them all during that process. And I feel like every single one of them really helped me shift my perspective and come out of where I was and raise my, my consciousness. I raised my consciousness and that's where I am now. So um, I hope that was helpful. I feel like I don't think this ever would have come out in a really clear, concise way. I just, there's so much that happened and trying to condense a three year difficult period into a 30 to 40 minute video is impossible. And mostly if I could leave you with anything, if you're going through this experience, I just want you to hold on to know that it does get better, that your entire life could be waiting on the other side of it. And surrendering is probably the best thing that you can do no matter what is happening no matter how much of your world is crumbling around you just surrendering and trusting that you will come out the other side trusting that this is happening because it is supposed to help you in the long run even if you can't see it right now and again i can only speak from my own experience but that was my experience that i came out the other end stronger more self-aware more aware of other people and their feelings, more empathic, more psychic, more like everything that I have wanted to harness and hone and move into. I feel like every single door came flooding open the moment that I surrendered and just said, okay, do your worst, <laughs> do it, do what you got to do. Make me see, make me understand. And everything changed in that moment. So, <sighs> Grow through what you go through. I love you all so much. And just know that you're never alone either. I feel like the dark night of the soul is a very lonely experience. Even if you're surrounded by people and those that love you, it's a very lonely experience. And please just know that you're not alone, that other people have gone through those experiences. And there is actually a channel that I feel like really helped me too. And I'll link it below. And that is Victor Odo. He talks a lot about Dark Knight of the Soul on his channel, and he's just such a sweet guy. So I'll put him down below for you as well. And I love you all so, so, so much. Please remember that when you stand up in your own authenticity, you empower everyone around you to do the same. If you felt seen, heard, and understood by today's episode, please remember that this podcast is designed from a YouTube channel. Most, if not all of the episodes are actually audio from sit-down videos of mine on my YouTube channel that I have linked down below. Over there, you will find videos that range from tarot, these sit-down chats, and everything else that I believe will light you up from the inside out. This, my social media handles, and so much more are listed in the show notes below. Please never forget that when you stand up in your own own authenticity, you empower everyone around you to do the same. I'll talk to you all next week.